you know, part of that um, decline of all that nicety is because you know you, you're committed to each other. You mm-hmm. know that you're there for each other. You know that you don't have to worry as much. Um, so the nice part of that is that you don't have to worry as much. The downside of that is that you don't put in as much effort. Well, the same thing goes for the sex. You know, um, e- you know, I know that I'm married. I know that my partner's here. So if we don't do it tonight, if we don't do it this week, it'll be next week. Uh, It's almost like many New Yorkers have never been to the Statue of Liberty. Mm -hmm. Well, it's there. You know, we know we're going to get there eventually. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I discuss a new study out that covers the decline of sex in relationships. So what are we supposed to make of that? Is this really a big problem? Stay tuned. I'm going to keep this short. First, thank you for listening. If you're a regular listener, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a review on whatever platform you listen to us on. This will help others discover us. Also, if you like the podcast, I highly recommend visiting our website, hitchedmag.com, which is updated daily with new content and where you will find thousands of articles available anytime. Lastly, I understand that not everything we talk about applies to everyone. However, I am confident that if you go to hitchmag.com and subscribe to our free weekly newsletter, that you will find at least one and probably more pieces of information each week that will help your marriage thrive. I hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again with the brilliant, the original, Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. It is great to have you back. Uh, So Karen, for those uh, not familiar, is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life, and she is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this and more information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Um, so Karen, today we are going to talk about another study. Uh, this one was done, um, by the Brits. Uh, so essentially what it is saying is that people and especially couples are having less sex. And I wanted to see if this is something that we should be worrying about. Um, so the first item here uh, as I mentioned, this is a British uh, study. Uh, researchers uh, looked at 34,000 Brits between the ages of 16 and 44. So some were married and cohabitating and others were not, uh, and looked at their habits over a 21-year period. So a pretty good sample size here uh, with a good amount of time. They found that those married or cohabitating Uh, experienced the steepest declines in sexual frequency. So the big question, as I just posed at the top here, is is that a a problem? Here's my usual answer. (laughs) It depends. Uh I think it's a problem if it's a problem for the couple. Um, If they are feeling 
uh, wanting, if they are, you know, whether it be one or both of them, if they feel that their situation is leaving them um, with a sense of something's wrong with their relationship, um, that they're not happy with you know, what the status is, then yes, it's a problem. But if it is, um, you know, something that they both accept and it's just a change in their lifestyle and the phase of life that they're in and they feel that there are other ways in which they are close, then it's not a problem. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and, um, I think one of the things, so I, I found this study as I do most studies, uh, not by scouring through medical journals or anything, but by the headlines that I catch, um, or, you know, sometimes they will email me and, you know, say that we have this new thing that came out. But anyways, one of the things that I think a lot of the headlines will miss in this research is that the frequency of sexual activity was actually higher among participants who were married or cohabitating um, as opposed to the single people. But it was that their decline over time was significantly greater. Um, So, you know, married couples have more sex than singles. So should the fact that the amount is declining uh, be something to look at? Or since they're already having more sex, is that just, you know what, to your point you just made, it depends. Yeah. I, I Again, I think it's that probably it's number one, You know, we often talk about the fact that when couples start to, um, when they get married, there is a decline um, in their um, intensity of appreciating each other, in um, uh, the niceties, in the, um, you're the only one in my world who matters. That's a very normal um, phenomena. Um, it may be sad, but it is a normal phenomenon. The honeymoon phase ends. And I think as part of that, the amount of sex that you're having diminishes as well. Um, you know, part of that um, decline of all that nicety is because you know you're committed to each other. You know that you're there for each other. You know that you don't have to worry as much. Um, so the nice part of that is that you don't have to worry as much. The downside of that is that you don't put in as much effort. Well, the same thing goes for the sex. You know, um, y- you know, I know that I'm married. I know that my partner's here. So if we don't do it tonight, if we don't do it this week, it'll be next week. Uh, it's almost like many New Yorkers have never been to the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. Well, it's there. Right. You know, we know we're going to get there eventually. Right. So, um, again, I think that, you know, we don't have to worry about it as much. I don't think it's indicative of anything other than um, a larger picture of a trend of what goes on by the mere fact that you are married. And the fact that they are having more sex initially or more sex in general is indicative that there is a closeness there, that there is a um, desire to be with each other, 
and that, again, it's just life getting in the way. And so when you look at it comparatively, it's going to show a steeper decline Mm -hmm. um, and not anything really more than that. Yeah. The fact that it declined across all demographics and all ages, um, Mm -hmm. married, not married, etc., do you have any idea of why that is happening? Like, do you see anything in your practice of why that's happening? No, but listen to what you're saying. It's all demographics. It's all ages. It's all, you know, it it, it doesn't, it's not any particular group. Like, mm-hmm. it's not any racial group. It's not any socioeconomic group, you know. So what is, to me, what that indicates is that, again, it's just... You know that your partner's there, mm-hmm. and other things in life start to really play on you. Um, and so, you know, you're tired, you're um, paying attention to a, your your focus changes, um, you're not um, as worried, I think, about it as much. Right. It's it's um it's interesting too when you were going through um the the reasons why couples uh don't do it as often um which is interesting too because like I said like the couples cohabitating married still do it more than mm-hmm. couples who are dating but it's interesting when you think about the dating and the courting phase you put so much time and effort to to look good and like you that is part of the pursuit is to get to that place and so mm-hmm. you you dress nice you smell nice you you do the candlelights you do all the stuff to do that and then once you get married, that again, that comfort level kicks in and you drop a lot of that stuff, uh, on, you know, with, with some certain exceptions where it's an anniversary or it's a mm-hmm. birthday or something right, like that where you right. put forward the effort. And so I was just going to say, like, if you, um, if this is something where you're not happy, like maybe revert back to what worked before. Oh, I think absolutely. And to that point, one of the ways that, Um, One of the things I suggest to couples when they feel like their relationship is becoming humdrum is to do the very things you did in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Appreciate each other more, go out on dates, do something different, um, notice each other, but put it in the way that you just did, do the things you did in the beginning of the relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, So with all that being said about, uh, you know, how how many times people are doing it, whatever. Do you think there is a number of times per month that is like a healthy number or a number that people should shoot for or anything like that? I think that if couples are having sex once a week, that that would be, you know, like at least a good number to shoot for. Mm-hmm. Now, does... Um, your age or the years that you've been married or uh, current lifestyle situation. When I say that, I'm thinking of like, you know, you have a young toddler or something in the house uh, that sucks up all your time and energy. Do any of those things play a role where you're like, well, that's a good number to shoot for once a week, but let's, we'll be cool with like once a month. Again, I think it depends on the couple. There are going to be some couples who have very 
uh, active and high libidos, and once a week is not going to be enough for them. There are going to be other couples where it's lower, and once a week, you know, is more than sufficient. Um, You know, when you've got young children at home and they're waking up in the middle of the night, um, you're going to be tired. You may not, you know, be able to manage once a week. So it's really hard to say. I think that um, there are a number of factors that you have to consider. Um, First, who you are as people and what your needs are. Two, what your jobs are and the kind of time and pressure it puts on you. Three, what your lifestyle is like as far as children. Um, I mean, there are people who are having sex actively well into their 60s, 70s, even 80s. Um, It depends on who the people are. So it's really hard to say, oh, well, if you're not having sex once a week, there's something wrong with you. You know, that's why your first question, my answer was, it depends on who the people are and what their needs are. And if they're feeling okay and satisfied with each other. So should there be a conversation if, for example, you were doing it once or twice a week and now it like the statistics show it's probably fallen over the last 21 years. Um, Mm -hmm. So if that's where you were and today you're down to like once a month, um, should you at least spark the conversation just to make sure that your spouse is satisfied? Yeah. I think there's two times that a conversation should be sparked. One is if one of the partners is not feeling fulfilled and the other is when there's been a change. Mm. And if for no other reason, whether it be, again, a change in the amount of sex that you're having or a change in the amount of time you go out to eat, Mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, making things up. Mm -hmm. But any time there's a change, you want to look at why is that change taking place? And is it indicative of something being wrong or is it just situational? Mm -hmm. So, yes, I do think if there is a change that you might want to, not you might, that it would be advisable to have a conversation about it. Yeah. Um, And I think the conversation would just, You know, not be, of course, with a blame, but more like, you know, I've sort of noticed that our usual um, pattern of, you know, getting together or being intimate has dropped off. Have you noticed it? And, you know, I'm wondering if you have any thoughts as to why that's happening. You know, do you think anything's wrong? How have you been feeling? You know, you know, let's take a look at it. And it may turn out to be nothing more than, again, you know, you, you know, you forgot that my parent was in the hospital last month and it just put an extra pressure on it. Oh, you, you know, we forgot that we had those extra projects at work and there were so many deadlines and, okay, you know, let's try to make sure that we're more conscientious this month. All of that's behind us now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a point at which there should be a discussion. Discussion. Uh, I, I was just um, thinking too that one of the reasons that I feel gets a bit underreported as well is uh, medication. You know, that's a very good point, Steve. That's a very good point. 
and I don't, I just feel like sometimes, um, this stuff happens and, you know, we get bombarded because of all the disclosures that have to be made about all the potential side effects, mm-hmm. um, that, that is a big one that is in a lot of medications and people take them and they don't think mm-hmm. about it. And then it's just mm-hmm. like, well, you know, I'm like, I'm good. Like I'm not, you know, it, it t- tampens, dampens the libido and it's, you know, it's just one of those side effects, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think people think about it. So I think you're absolutely that. right. I think you're absolutely. And that brings to mind also that there could be hormonal shifts mm-hmm. as you age and there could just be a shift in your basic tiredness. You know, at my age, we laugh about, you know, how, I don't know if you've noticed this yet, but, and, and I, Again, because you and Jess have chosen not to have children, I don't know if you would have noticed this, but the conversation that you have with friends over dinner shifts as you age. So in the beginning years, you know, you're probably talking about what you're doing to change jobs and get mm-hmm. different uh, bonuses and projects, etc. Then the conversation shifts that, you know, what your children are doing. Then, you know, um, that goes on for many years. Anyway, later in life, you're talking about your health issues, you know? So, and you try really hard not to do that. But anyway, there's a definite difference when you get older that you don't have as much energy and you do feel aches and pains. Some of that is going to impact your intimacy. Right. So, um, you know, and, and that may be a hard thing to discuss also because you've, you know, it feels like your body's failing you or that you're, you know, not as capable. It's another reminder. So, you know, and especially, I don't think it's in all countries, but in the United States, um, we do have difficulty with sexual issues and talking about them. Um, so it's a hard conversation to have. That's a, you know, uh, that is such a good point too, because you're right, because so much of, uh, gender identity and male masculinity, for example, is tied up and 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 being, uh, you know, like a good performer in bed. Mm-hmm. That when you can't do it, yeah. that that could really impact the psyche. And so, if you're physically oh, yeah. not able to do it, you're not going to bring it up. You're just going to be like, oh, I don't feel good. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That makes so. such yeah. That's such a great point. Um. Did you have anything else that you'd like to add? I feel like um, we, we kind of this, – this is one of those topics where it's um, it's so personal that it's hard to have a hard grip on it outside of these um, general pieces of advice that we've been offering. But do you have anything else that you would want to well, add? Well, the only thing that I would want to add is that um, many times when couples think they have a sexual problem, it's really – more a communication problem between the two of them. Mm. Um, Through the years that I've been working with couples, a lot of times, you know, I've had couples come in and say, we're having a sexual problem. And in fact, once we really started to work on it, it was really more about that they couldn't express themselves or they didn't feel that they were able to communicate with each other about certain needs that they had. And there's one client I'm working with now um, who has uh, a female who's having trouble having orgasms. And she told me she was going to consult with a sex therapist. And I said, you know, you're certainly welcome to do that. But you know, do you want to talk with me a little bit about it? 
And it turns out it really has more to do with her having a fear of losing control. Mm. And so it's really more a psychological issue. It's not a sexual issue. Um, And so um, I think, again, you know, a lot of the concerns that people have about their sexuality is not about sex per se. It's about other things, but there is such a hesitancy in our society to talk about it uh, and to raise it. And so I would invite people to try to get over that um, and to bring it up and even start the conversation by saying this is a difficult thing to talk about and you know this is not about blame this is or or I feel vulnerable talking about this but I would like for us to be closer and and yet I have some concerns about blah 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 mm-hmm. it's so you know, that's such a great point about how it's you know psychological because when you talk about sex in general people obviously understand that you know, people want, need to get in the mood. Like that's such a common part mm-hmm. of the conversation. Mm-hmm. But what does that mean, getting in the mood? That means getting your head in a psychologically ready state. Mm-hmm. And uh, going back to something that we discussed earlier, like why do you think there's this dip? I would also throw in there, um, in general, people report higher levels of anxiety and insecurity and like all sorts of stuff that we're seeing take place globally, um, which is I think why this isn't a surprising study out of Britain, but it could have been out of the United States and you wouldn't have known the difference. Um, mm-hmm. because I, think, I agree. You know, and so I think, um, you know, again, we're, maybe it's just that we're not in the mood because psychologically um, there are so many things going on that just makes us um, not not there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah stressed and all. I wonder, um, and we're not going to be able to answer this, but I wonder what the numbers would look like if the study was done in France. (laughs) That's a good point. Well, they're right because there's such upheaval going on in France right now too. Um, I didn't, I didn't mean it that way. I know, but you're you're meaning it about the culture, which is why I think it would be super interesting because the culture is right to your point, like completely opposite of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it would be interesting to see if they're experiencing the same dip um, yeah. that some other countries are. Because I know we've we, – I think we've talked about it on here about how um, in the United States um, a big big um, news headlines have been coming out about how younger people kid, or teenagers have been having sex less than previous generations and the millennial generation having less sex than previous generations and stuff. So um, that would be really fascinating. Okay, if any of our listeners is a researcher or doing some graduate work, that's right. There's a topic for you. There you go. Once again, <laughs> man, we are we are throwing out those uh, research <laughs> projects. I love it. Um, okay, well, with that, Karen, I think um, I think we covered this one pretty well. So I want to uh, wrap it up there and say once again, as always, thank you so much for your time and your insight. It is always appreciated, and look forward forward to doing this again very soon. 
Thank you, Steve. My pleasure. And uh, before we go, I do want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. She is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this and more information at her website, drkarensherman.com. And of course, you can find this info at our website, hitchedmag.com, where you will find uh, not just this episode, but all the past 500 plus episodes, along with thousands of articles and uh, a weekly newsletter and uh, and more. So check that out. Again, hitchedmag.com. And until next time, that's going to do it. Take care, everybody. We're on top of the world tonight